0: Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle. Before I even begin to introduce the episode guest, I just want to say thank you. This is the 52nd episode and that means the one year anniversary of the pod. It's been an inspiring journey so far and I'm forever grateful to every single guest who comes on the pod and to every single person who has listened. To say thank you, I want you to tag or leave a comment on either the Facebook or Instagram page of which guest has most inspired you. I'll randomly pick out a comment and that person will receive a Hobby of a Lifestyle cap and t-shirt. Moving on to the new episode now, I am joined by a very special guest to celebrate. This man fought for a world title and has went on to become one of the best coaches in the game. I am joined by Mr. Harold Shadow Knight. Mr. Knight takes us through his journey from the amateur ranks and competing against Pernell Whitaker, fighting for a world title and coaching the likes of Lennox Lewis and Dillian White. Let's find out the whole story. Good afternoon, Harold. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast today. How are you doing? I'm good,
1: sir. Good. I, I'm, I'm excellent. I'm blessed.
0: Well, not as blessed as I am. I am. Honestly, I can't begin to say thank you. Enough for coming on the show today. Harold, do you just want to tell listeners who maybe aren't aware what you're best known for?
1: What I'm best known for? Yeah. Well, what I'm best known for worldwide, I guess I uh in period, uh locally, everybody knows me has uh boxing. The Harold and right. shadow knight. And um, you know, uh some form of boxing either has a fighter. Uh, and, and, and has a, a teacher and trainer. That's what and, people know me as.
0: Yeah, they certainly do. They certainly do. So thank you so much. So, Harold, if we go back to your your beginnings when you were a child, was boxing right. something that you were always interested in?
1: Right. Um, you know, it's so crazy. I was just thinking about it the other day uh, um, uh, about, you know, my my beginnings. And and, and uh, I was actually I was speaking to one of my mentors, one of the older guys that was um, like four or five years older than me that was on a boxing team. Right. But I um, I started my my one of my older brothers who's about five years older than me. He introduced me to boxing when it, when I say introduced me to boxing, uh, he asked me if I would want to uh, go to the on a boxing team with him. You know how you, you know, when you're younger, you want to be like your older brother. Yeah. And, and, um, and, um, he was on a boxing team. And, um, and sure, I wanted to be like my big older, one of my older brothers. And, uh, you know, he and the other, you know, his teammates obviously had younger brothers my age too. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, that's what, that's how my, uh, uh, boxing journey began.
0: Wow, and so how old were you when you began boxing? Then nine years old. Nine Nine years old. Okay, and was it was it because your big brother did it that you enjoyed it so much, or was it just in that even though your big brother did it, you kind of you knew straight away that you were going to love?
1: Well, no. Uh, Well, first of all, I did it because you know I wanted to be like uh, one of my brothers, and uh, and then it was something that was uh, um, um that was, it was destined for me to do. That was yeah, something yeah. that was. I knew this is what I wanted to do. I wow. mean, it wasn't, it was It's just amazing. It was something that, you know, um, you know, my first, like I said, I didn't have no training, no training experience at all. It was crazy. No training experience. My brother um, uh, came and got me. He was living with my mom, my mom, my dad. I was living with my mom. And uh, right. he came and got me on the, he said on the Thursday, he said, I come back on a Saturday and came and picked me up. And I had no training experience at all. And we went to Trenton Powell, never forget it. Uh, uh, that was the big powerhouse, a uh, gym in the state, Trenton, New Jersey. And uh, P- P- Police Athletic League. And I never forgot the guy, Robert Gist. I fought, I, you know, fought him four times. Yeah. So once again, it, and it was an exhibition bout, but exhibition bouts are, you know, you keep the morale up and keep the, you know, the uh spirit of, of all the participants. So no one loses. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if you win or lose. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, you know, it was, and I fought the best guy. And I will say uh, that they had to call the fire department because it was so <laughs> hot in there. It was we was bringing fire, man. (laughs) That's why they had to call the fire department. I love that. And I ended up fighting the guy four times.
0: Oh wow! Wow! And
1: fighting his brother three times. Oh really? So you know, it was it was a a robbery thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it sounds sounds like it. So as a nine year old, you've walked into the boxing gym. You've you know you want to be like your brother. You're now getting some coaching. How how long was it before you had your first? competition or ended your first tournament or had your first bout.
1: Well that was my first competition. Okay.
0: Right Straight away. That
1: was my first fight. That was my first. Hey, once again, you counted on your record has the bout. Right. But it, when I say it's an exhibition bout is, you know, is 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 for both combatants to be able to keep that good yeah, uh, yeah. spirit and you know uh 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 so, but once again, you know, if you won a loss, yeah, though. of course, you understand what I'm saying, of course, yeah. So that was my first bout, right there, and right from then, uh, I went to back into training really? and back into training, and then back then we would fight like once, twice a month or something like that. So it was, it was, uh, we pretty much had it, a lot going on, you know, training and yeah. um, competition.
0: Wow, and how how long into training was it when you realized actually I've I've got a real talent for this sport? Was there a coach or a particular coach I came across and said, Look at Harold, we, we actually think if we dedicate a bit of time to you and you dedicate a bit more time to this, then we actually think you yeah. can go really far within the sport?
1: Well, it was a combination, it was a combination of, of, of that. You see what I'm saying? Because uh my trainer, uh mentor John Dompoor, God bless his soul. Uh, um, he was not only a, a mentor, a disciplinarian, but he was like a father figure. And plus, I got a strong, a big family, a strong there family you. support. That's number one. Um, and then, like I said, uh, my brother, uh, and then the uh, you know the trainer, the uh, teacher, um, and then you know I had a lot of other influencing people around me that pushed me, that in, encouraged that inspired me so you know uh back then uh fortunately thank god we had and so that's one of the reasons why i like to do what i do because back then we had a lot of people to uh you know to uh push us pull us yeah, or yeah. nudge us or stay on our case you know even my cases with some of my older brothers they're not they wasn't uh, put it like this they would uh, found us like, sometimes on the other side of the law yeah right okay they, but they also taught me what not to do. Yeah, yeah, you of course. You what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had a lot of influences around me that helped me, that uh, inspired me, that motivated me, that made me who I am, that pushed me to where I am right now. Wow.
0: And what was your first major tournament that you remember kind of going to and, and winning or just being really motivated by?
1: Right, yeah. Well, it was the New Jersey uh, Junior Olympics. Oh, I did. That state tournament. And, uh, you know, I ended up winning that. Uh, geez, how many times did I win that? I think I won that maybe like five or six times, you know. Wow. Throughout wow. my amateur career, because you can only fight the Junior Olympics all the way up to, uh, I believe, like maybe 16, I believe, I think. Okay, wow. And so, um, like I said, that was one of the first major tournaments that you would win in the state. Yeah, yeah. And then you would go to the regional, meaning you would have um, this being New Jersey, you would have Pennsylvania, which is the next state over, and then you would have uh, New York. Okay. So that was a tough uh, uh, avenue about Pennsylvania and New York. And then once you get to the regionals, buddy, you know, you're already a champion two times, you know, yeah, yeah. two times going forward. Now you're going to the nationals, yeah. which is. Everyone from the country is a champion that you're going to fight. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know that that you know that amateur experience you cannot buy that. Yeah. That experience you can't pay. You can't pay for
0: that. Yeah. No, I can imagine. And is this? Do you notice the step up every single time you go to one of these next level tournaments?
1: Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. I mean, it, it. Matter of fact, once you go to these national tournaments. Once you start obviously winning the state and regional and national, you start seeing the same people. Yeah, yeah, you of start, course. You start seeing the same people and competing against the same people. I I fought Pernell Whitaker back when I was uh 13 years old back wow. in, you know, in Ohio State Fair, Columbus, Ohio, which was a prestigious uh national tournament that hundreds and hundreds of thousands of boxers would compete every year. Wow. Every wow. year. So that was back when I was, uh, what I say 12, 13, something like that. Uh, we were both the same age. So you uh, um, doing with tournaments. You, uh, it, it, it definitely helped because you were fighting good guys. You were fighting guys that were fighting, like I said earlier, maybe twice a month. But no, you would have, uh, in some states, you would have guys fighting uh once a week or something like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering how they would get three or four hundred fights. Yeah, yeah. Because I only had one hundred and sixteen amateur fights. <laughs> right. And I was wondering how you get three or four hundred fights. Some guys were fighting once a week.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, and that's how they got that many fights. Yep. Yeah. That is. Yeah. C- can you remember what the feeling was like when you competed at your first nationals? Because I imagine you know going to your, you've you've earned that right to fight at your nationals you know you see a lot of national tournaments in other sports where you can kind of you almost turn up to them you compete to win a national yeah. title and then that then you qualify for the world's or the europeans but you're because america's so big you've got to qualify even for a nationals right. what's the feeling like when you you get to that point and then you and your first fight in nationals if you can remember
1: i mean I, I i can man i can definitely remember my amateurs as well as professional i mean it was it was ina- amazing because once you get to the nationals you already champion already yeah yeah um that that feeling of being a champion and you're representing your state number one you're representing number one you're representing you number one yeah. you're representing your family you're representing your gym because not all of your teammates made it you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, of course. You're, you're representing your gym. Now you're representing your state. You're representing your state. And and now when you're down to the Nationals, you know you're in shape. You know you made weight because my trainer, God bless his soul, John, the late great John Dunport, he was not only my trainer and, and teacher and coach, uh, but he was most likely the um, head coach of the, of the state, of the whole state. Wow. Wow. Uh, of the team that yeah, would, yeah. Uh, because you know they would still pick them. You know, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the commission or whatever would pick the coach, yeah, or yeah. the or the uh, coach that had most boxers win right. that tournament. Yeah that's so a lot of times my coach would be so. We are already expected and knew uh, what to expect because I was already ready. And like I said, some teammates teammates didn't make it, but a lot did make it. So yeah. uh him being a former Marine, a former jawhead, and him uh being um, you know, we would rather be two hours early than one minute late. So yeah, yeah. and he was organized. So I knew what to expect and yeah. I and I look forward to it. It was fun. And once again, I was part of the journey to get me where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, I mean what's it like when you you qualify and you, you take part in the national tournaments and then you start placing at these tournaments and winning tournaments? What's that experience like when you can say to somebody that you're, you know, one of the top three boxers in the nation, if not the, the best in your nation?
1: Right. Well, once you start uh, making it to the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, you know, then you start being ranked. And you know, I, I made it to number four in my weight division, one twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Back in my amateur days. And that was something back then because once again it was competing against uh Whitaker. Whitakers, it was competing against uh the uh Tommy Ears, it was competing against uh Mark Breedlands, even though that was different weight classes. Yeah, yeah. Uh it was competing against the Meltric Tellers, 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 yeah. Uh uh the uh um so it, it was, it was one of them. You have to be good.
0: You to, <laughs> yeah.
1: You have yeah. to be good. And it was one of them, um, uh, uh, eras, one of the generations that I'm, I'm honored to be part of. I guess. You know uh, I mean? I mean, because, you know, you had them guys that, uh, you know, or, or, just to be share the ring with them. That, uh, that, that would be an honor to the, the late great Pernell Whitaker, um, you know the uh, Melvin Taylors, the Mark Brelands. Uh, you know back then. Uh, so um, the Rocky Lockridges. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. Um, so uh, you really had to be able to be good to win the state, to be able to compete in the nationals. and um, like I said, to be and and to be able to make it all the way to the uh, finals. Yeah, yeah. Um, to make it to the semifinals because now you're, 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 and you um, get to a couple of them. I mean, when you get to the national, now they start picking you to go international. So I made it to number four and I was able to be chosen to go on a sc- Scandinavian tour with the USA.
0: And w- that must have been one of the, Proudest moments as a young person grow. I mean, your family must have just been going, Wow, you know, I can't believe our little boy just wanted to be like his brother, and now all of a sudden right. he's representing the USA on a Scandinavian tour. What was that, what was that feeling like and what was the experience like going away and representing your country?
1: Amazing. Once again, to wear that red, white, and blue, you know, that USA yeah. color. That's that's what every young boxer aspires to wear uh from America. As well as you know, you get the whole kit—the shoes, you get the, the vest, the, the the trunks. You yeah, yeah. get your everything. You get everything. I always I always wanted to, to um uh be part of that and to be able to represent your country and to be able to go to um, Os- Oslo, Norway, to go over to uh, uh Sweden, Gothenburg, Sweden. Uh, to meet Ign Ign, Ign- Johansson at the time, uh, to go over to I believe it was uh, uh, I think they make the Volvo or the they make something. Uh, the I think Sweden open. make
0: Volvo, don't they?
1: Yeah, so we went to the stadium. I mean, where they to the factories to make it. So to be a, a um, part of a young um, team to go over there. I remember uh, Tyrone Trice was part on our team and it was a few, um, I can't remember a while back, but uh, to be able to uh, explore and experience uh, going worldwide because it's, it's explore, it expands the horizon.
0: Yeah. Mostly
1: going over to box, uh, which, you know, I had three bouts and I was three and one uh, from the different of their top guys over there um so in just that camaraderie of a team for us to get together as one demo it, it, are experience that uh um I will never ever forget uh come on Oldham another heavyweight. I remember that I was on the team and remember this is old this was a long time ago uh but um you know I, I remember it was it was it was a lifelong is lifelong experience.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sat here, kind of my mouth's open a little bit, just watching in amazement and listening. And those memories have really stuck with you, and you can tell that it has led to to where you are now. What What was your older brother thinking of his little brother, who's went on to do so well? Did your brother do well in the sport?
1: Well, unfortunately, uh, he didn't do as good. Yeah. He was just good, more or less, statewide. Yeah, yeah. You know, statewide. So. um he was proud because once again, you know, once you can, that's the calling. what I believe the calling is that if you can help someone else and for them to uh, achieve their success in their, um, you know, uh, uh, dream, that yeah. right there is achieving yours. When you can help someone because you're still part of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I,
1: That's what I believe. And so that's why I get so much joy in teaching and training and coaching, uh, uh, um, and to be able to, um, you know, uh, inspire or motivate with my story, with my life, my journey.
0: That
1: If I can help someone else, because don't get me wrong, it wasn't all peaches and cream. It wasn't sunny and, you know everything was uh went perfect no yeah, yeah. at all
0: <laughs> no I, yeah i can imagine yeah.
1: it was it was ups a lot of ups it was a lot of downs yeah yeah uh but once again it was that of uh, that um it's that dream that flicker yeah. of a flame that you know what i mean that that's inside of you that that's always there
0: did did you find that once you qualified for team usa that motivated you to work even harder because you're talking out there, you're wearing the red, white, and blue. You're now a sponsored athlete. You've got the track suits, you've got the sneakers, you've got everything that comes with that. And I imagine that a lot of people get to that point and they become complacent, almost like I've already made it and I don't need to do anything now. Did did just being able to represent your country then spur you on and motivate you more?
1: No, I mean, I tell you, no, I, that definitely, that definitely inspired me and motivated me want more, you know what I mean? Because that, that, uh, how can I say it? was, it was, it was something that, like I said, it was, uh, it was something that I happened to fall right into Was something that I seen that I was good. That was, I was all right. That I could be better that I wanted more. I, I see that, that, um, you know, which at the time then, I didn't see um, that it would take me all over the world. I've been all over the world. Yeah. Do boxing.
0: Do boxing.
1: Uh, I was able to you know, uh, do some things, meet kings and queens of countries, presidents of countries. I was able to make a movie. I was able to be in some, uh, you know, uh, uh, documentaries. So once again, it it, it it definitely pushed me to do more to want more. I, I you know when I was younger, I've and I always dreamed about that. I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, uh, a young lady, uh, when we were younger. We, you know, when young, we're going together, and I yeah. said to myself, "I want to be on TV one day. I want to be on box. I want to be on TV boxing for the world title for." Boxing on TV one day, and I always used to look at magazines and read magazines and say, "Hey, I want to be able to be in magazines one day." So, yes, it did push me and it pushed me to one more and do yeah, more. Yeah. I could, yes. Yeah.
0: So, what, what, what age, and what was the motivation from leaving the amateur ranks to turn pro?
1: I'm sorry, what was, the, what was that again? Repeat.
0: So, what, what age? and and what was the motivation when you decided to leave the amateur ranks and turn professional
1: Well, every 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 boxer that uh i believe and feel that uh turning the vest as they say over in the UK uh but uh it, but it's it's the same in going into the paid ranks i believe is to become world champion yeah, yeah. uh you know you want to become world champion i don't care what no one says that should your- first objective is, is to become world champion then to make money but then it works together once you become world champion you can make money yeah yeah it works together you got to have a you know good team around you good business people uh so um yeah uh, that was the intent to become world champion to be able to fight the best to be able to work my to be able to work my way up to be able to uh, learn to be able to uh, uh, soak in as much knowledge and yeah. to be able to, when it's time to um, uh, step up on stage under the lights. In my case, uh, one of the last uh, IBF uh, 15 rounders, um, yeah, yeah, you know, contestable.
0: But it's crazy to think that you guys did 15 rounds when you, it, it, I mean, you see how the, Blood, sweat, and tears that come out of 12 rounds. So 15 rounds is just absolutely incredible. I mean, the fitness levels on you guys then must have just been a different level.
1: Well, you know, I tell you, you know, you set your mind to it, you set your body to it, and that's nothing. When I say nothing, meaning, you know, uh, it's tough. Don't get me wrong, it's tough and rough. But once again, you think about the old-time fighters, man. These guys did 15 rounds. You know, uh, once, twice a month, something like that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I just find that remarkable.
1: Yeah, and so these guys always, and they always had good competition. And yeah, they had also had good teachers in the in the you know teaching. So once again, when you always in a gym and you always training, and then and you know, and uh, uh, just like in UK, you have so many boxing gyms, which is so good. Yeah. But the amateurs got the amateur system got to give it back up and going. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's where it begins at. That's how I <laughs> become a good pro. Uh but um in so many gyms that was hit, that was in America, but you had a gym, maybe two or three gyms in every city in America at back in the day. So you had it does so many different things. It keeps kids off the streets. Yeah. It keeps kids out of jail. 100%. It keeps kids. It it helps kids motivate. It motivates and pushes them to be able to, um, um, you know, to be able to be good at your hands, and to be able to never. You never know. You think think about it. Uh, to become a a a a great boxer like the Sugar Ray Robinson, yeah, yeah. you know the Matthew Saad Muhammad, you know. So you just never know and and it, and it and it helped it really did you know it, it helped so many people
0: yeah oh 100% obviously i come from a combative background with sport karate kickboxing and the amount of children that i've seen get involved with a combative sport and change their lives around absolutely huge um just from a discipline point it's, of view
1: oh yeah the sacrifice the discipline the the the, the control yeah you know you have you have some kids or you have some people, I can kids, you have some adults that lose control. Yeah, and yeah. You have that sport, whether it's combat, go hit the bag, go hit, you know, because yeah, yeah. the bag can't hit back. Well, that's it.
0: Well, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think it also just, it teaches people, doesn't it, to, that yeah. if you know how to throw a, a decent punch or a decent, decent kick, you don't want to do that to somebody in the street because it's not worth it. You're only ever a punch away from prison. It's yeah. Yeah, I, I do find that it's a fantastic way for for harnessing discipline and and producing yes. that. It's just a, a way to vent anger as well. I, I totally and, agree.
1: And you believe that because everybody, and, and especially now, it's so ironic, so crazy with this pandemic. Yeah. But and now, so many people are stressed out. Um, it, you know, it's already it's already a stress filled world already. Yeah. So now with with the pandemic, with um, you know, um, unfortunately, depression. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. So, to be able to, um, if if you can be able to go uh, have a, a a speed bag, a heavy bag, or to even go outside in your garden yeah. and work out a little. You know what I mean? That really helps relieve the stress, the tension. Because, I mean, uh, man, it, it 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 You know, it's ironic with the pandemic, but also. Showed the strength within people too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, what, definitely. We're, we're, we're made of as people to be able to stick together, to be able to uh, come together, yeah. be able to uh, come through it
0: together. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. So, when you decide to go to the professional ranks, Harold, you know, you just mentioned there 15 rounds. Right. How much does your training change?
1: If, uh, for my training, and yeah. I mean, once again, I mean, I was obviously, um, you know, uh, uh, um, 30, 30, 36 years
0: younger. <laughs> yeah, still only twenty. Still only twenty-five now, aren't you, Harold? I'm sorry. Still only twenty-five now, aren't you? Well, you know, if
1: I, <laughs> if I didn't have this great hair, I would look a little twenty-five. But yeah, I have the I, same. I look, I love my gray hair, to be honest with you. It it, it shows wisdom that
0: I was able to. I oh, <laughs> oh, see now I'm going to tell my wife that one, because my wife keeps telling me off of growing a beard. And she says, yeah. get the gray, get the gray shaved out of it. And I'm yeah. like, I, but I'm going to say, Mr. Knight told me that's wisdom.
1: Yeah. Wisdom is wisdom. You know what I <laughs> mean? Wisdom. wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom yeah. yeah. And knowledge. I'll so, tell her, I'll tell her that, you know, that now. You know, uh, uh, um, Hit me with that question again.
0: <laughs> I was just talking about the change in training from amateurs okay. to professionals because all of a sudden it's now a yeah. real it's it's a real job that you're getting paid for, and you you're potentially right. gonna be doing 15 rounds very soon.
1: Right. But a good part with me, I would say with I would have been fortunate and blessed that my style <clears throat> is more or less is more or less geared to the pros. Yeah, yeah. That's what my style was geared more or less to the pros. And then, with having my uh, my my teacher, my trainer, my mentor, or my coach John Davenport, as well as other um, my my brothers, my, my older brothers, uh, other teammates that pushed us, um, you know, they we we already we already with uh, with John Davenport being a Marine, yeah. his mindset was already of of uh, heat his, his mindset was already hard, fair, but firm.
0: Yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean?
1: His his mindset was already, you got to go hard or go home. And if you don't go hard, you can't go home. You see what I'm saying? So we was already had that mindset of going that extra mile going that extra three, three rounds. Yeah. yeah. We already had that mindset of, um, you know, uh, of, um, you know, because it, in boxing or any sport, as you know, you're in combat. It's a mental thing. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it's a huge. It's mental thing. It's how uh, how uh, harder can I kick or or yeah. how, where can I kick at certain places where I can't yeah. as well as punch. And how, you know, how long can I go? Or, so, once again, I didn't train Uh, when I trained for Uh, a regular six rounds or a four rounds, I train for eight rounds, you know? So when I train for eight rounds, I train for a 15 round. Yeah, yeah. So in in regards to a a a 15-round fight, (laughs) we train, you know, we train obviously for 20 rounds or more, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, when you train for – when you start at nine years old, too, you really get your mind and your body – in tune to certain things that you have to do every day or you know to, to you know you have uh, to do
0: I mean you had quite I'm just looking at my notes here you had quite the impressive professional record 19 and 1 right I mean right. what what was what was the highlight of your professional career
1: well, uh the highlight of my professional career was uh winning the USBA title, the United States uh, Boxing Association title
0: yeah.
1: uh against uh, uh Kenny Baysmore uh down Atlantic City back wow. in 80 87. I was just going
0: to say 1987, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was the highlight of my career, uh, my professional career to be able to become a uh, um be one of the uh, first ones out of playing for New Jersey to become a a, a professional uh, boxing champion of the yeah, yeah. United States and then world rank. Because once you obviously win one of the uh, minor titles, you get ranked in the world ranking. Yeah, yeah. And so that was... One of the highlights, uh, uh, in me getting the key to the city of Plainfield, and just wow. make my city proud. You know what I mean? Make my whole city proud, make my family proud. So,
0: I mean, I, I don't, I don't think people realize neither how, because I've spoken to a few boxers, certainly professional in the past, and they've just talked about, even here in Britain, how hard, even England, how hard it is to win a national title in professional boxing. It but, is so much sacrifice, so much giving up, you know, time with your friends when you're a young person, not going out, you know, to the clubs, not drinking, not eating things that your friends and just to become a national title holder is just a massive achievement. And then obviously to be ranked in the world as well is, is even bigger again, it's, you know, it's the next step, but it's such an, especially when you think of the size of the US to be a national title, that is absolutely phenomenal achievement.
1: Right. Once again, the hard work pays off. You know, you yeah, put yeah, a lot yeah. of hard work into it. I remember days when I was young, 12, 13, 14, was I couldn't go to Florida to Disney World when our whole church were going. You yeah, know, yeah. my mom was a choir director. The whole family was, you know, went from, the, you know, go to church and was in the choir. So uh, I had to stay back and go to training Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. As, a, as a 10, 11, 12, 13 year old on the Saturday. I had to get up and go to the gym on a Sunday. I had to get yeah, up and go to the gym where normally you would stay home uh yeah, yeah. And cartoons and eating your cereals or whatever. Yeah. So, but once again, I was I was trained for this, you know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah. we were taught this. You know, I had you know, I I I was a um I didn't have to be pushed to do this, you see what I'm saying? So when you love yeah. what you did, do. You know, what I mean, don't get me wrong, with some days where I didn't want to go to the gym. It was a, yeah. maybe a week or so. It was like, oh, I don't want to go. I'm not going. I'm yeah. not going. You know, yeah. I would just maybe disappear somewhere and not go to the gym because you're not you need that. Yeah, you need. You that know what I mean? Because you're missing, you, yeah. your <laughs> you're missing your childhood. You're missing your childhood. You're missing a lot of birthday parties. You missing. You're missing so many different things. Um, um, uh, but once again, is is no um. Uh, it's you can't put a measure on once you achieve your dream to become national champion, yeah. and then unfortunately, I wasn't able to become the world champion because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, of course. Once again, every boxer that gets into boxing wants to become world champion. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, you become you want to become world champion, and so. You know, you just become trained to do what you do, and when you are self, when you are self, you're self starter. You 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 don't have to be pushed to go to the gym, and you um, love what you do. You know, this is like now. This is not a job for me. I love what I do. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know? No, that's amazing. To hear. Yeah,
1: eat, sleep, and dream what I do, So Uh, it was, it was easy.
0: So when you're talking about one, you are know, obviously the, the ultimate aim and, and I agree is to be a world champion. And I think it's important to highlight it because so many people talk about all the highs and never really talk about the lows. What yeah. does it, what does it feel like? And how did you deal with the, I su- I suppose the. The, the reality is that you didn't become a world champion, or when you decide to hang up the gloves and, and quit professional boxing, that you maybe didn't achieve the dream. How did you deal with that, and, and what was your coping strategy?
1: Yeah, well, once again, I mean, I've I, I been, you know, with boxing all my whole life from nine years old till I was forced into retirement, which was obviously in '88. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, which was basically in the height of my career. Yeah. Um, and if you, you know, I'm sure you did some research. My, my, uh, my last fight was for the championship. Can you believe yeah, yeah. that? So I was I forced in retirement. Yeah. I was forced, you know, a medical retirement. Uh, uh, medical retirement. My last fight, lowest, I know to me. W- w- my last world, my last championship fight was my last fight. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 it was really a low period in my life. It really was. was, it was really tough to be able to, uh, be forced in retirement. Uh, when I fought for the world title, it was in April of, uh, of 88. And then, uh, I was looking to train Well, I started back training, I believe, uh, you know, uh, uh, May or June, June or something like that for me yeah, to fight yeah. again, uh, which, which was fall of that year of 88. And that's when I would scheduled to fight over at the Fell Forum in New York City. And uh, that's when the tests came back abnormal or whatever, the, the uh, uh, EEG or EKG or whatever uh, came back. And that's where it showed um, a cyst like legion that uh, something I was born with um right. that is benign obviously
0: yeah, yeah i was
1: born with a uh can you believe 116 uh, uh, amateur fights 103 and 13 and then 20 professional fights yeah that, yeah was, you know, it's happened so uh um, like i said i w- it was a real low low period at my life at that time and uh i didn't have one had anything to do with boxing i didn't want to look at boxing and oh. didn't want to uh Care about boxing, didn't want to read about boxing anything, but uh, I'm a firm believer in God that well, uh, uh, you know, He 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 closed a, a, a window for me and opened the door,
0: yeah. yeah. I was
1: I went into training not long after that,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It's, so, it's, uh, no,
0: thank you so much for talking about because I just think you know you were med- it's probably harder it wasn't it wasn't that you weren't good enough to win a world title. it was just that you, you you've been medically retired. so you you never got the opportunity to find out how good you could have been and I, I, I just think it's really important to highlight this because there'll be a lot of young people out there who maybe quit at the first hurdle because they've maybe something they've been defeated or let's be honest some some people just aren't good enough to get to that level. And, and it's still okay. Yeah. That's it's not a problem. It's just how do you then deal with that and, and turn it into a positive? And um, I had Billy yeah. Schwer on the on the show way back when we first started, and right. he said so right. four or five, four or five attempts to win a world title, and and right. then he, he lost it, and then he had to retire from boxing, and he, he said he right. went through a huge, a huge period of of depression and. Soul searching, I suppose, to get back to to some sort of normality and and not no longer be Billy the professional boxer, just being Billy the person, right? So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you once again, you got to do a lot of soul searching, (laughs) and once again, it takes a lot of of soul searching, yeah, yeah. Once again, I had, uh, you know, uh, uh, that family support, yeah, you know, um. You know, at the at the time, uh, but once again, it, it 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 it's really tough. You know, what I mean, to be able to, uh, you know, because uh, you know, when you actually you're used to uh, winning and you're used to the accolades because coming from the amateurs and you're used to, you know, big crowds and then yeah, go yeah. to the pros, and winning a, a national titles and fight for the world title yeah, on yeah. world TV for the sports and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, um, it, it's, it's tough. You know, I mean, it, it, it really is tough when you're used to that, to the spotlight and everything, yeah. but you know I, how I, uh, once again, I, um, uh, how I survived that. I, I just more or less, uh, use the fortitude and the training that I, that I was trained in to be able to get through these tough days to get, be able to to do something uh you know that i love to do you know what i mean yeah. and, and actually i went into right from then i went into security you know to okay. the security business i do that also too so but um you know sometimes sometimes i believe that god throws something in front of you and telling you well i don't want you to go that road yeah yeah You know what i mean and so that's yeah. how I, I really looked through it, you know, Look, got through it, man. Yeah, it yeah. Like, hey,
0: that road right there. Go to yeah. The, other road. the fact yeah, you had so hot. many fights as well, and then all of a sudden you found yeah. out about this lesion, and yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe somebody was telling you to yeah. take, a, di- take yeah. a different route. So before yeah. we move on to the coaching journey, right. who who was the best person, the best competitor that you competed against, the best fighter?
1: Is that uh amateur and pro?
0: Um, yes.
1: Okay, uh well man, I tell you it was so many, you know what I mean? It was so many, but I I, I mean the the name one obviously would, would be Parnell Whitaker. Obviously, yeah. I didn't know you know, they called him Pete Whitaker at the time and yeah, yeah. I thought he was just a, uh some country uh a guy. You know what I mean? He was from obviously the state of Virginia. Uh so but Parnell Whitaker, but it was so many other uh, other um, professional, I mean, amateur boxers that I fought against that didn't make it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They were, they were, uh, you know, it was another and named Tommy Ears. I lost to him. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it was just so many, man, you, that you, that you come across that, that, um, that helped form your journey. Yeah, they yeah, really yeah. helped you along the way. Yeah.
0: Well, and who was the who was the best professional you 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 competed against
1: uh, well by far um rocky lockridge you know yeah. uh well lost for the world title against yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: no i I'll, I'll get that one in then find out thank you so much so coaching came around very quickly for you then right and come on talk us through the coaching journey where did you start coaching at first
1: well once again you know it's so many so many ironies in how we're talking now. Uh because I was just talking to one of my good friends who was one of the guys that taught me, uh, John Downport, late John Downport taught yeah, both yeah. Us, who was Linux's first professional trainer also. Wow. Which we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, back then our my our coach John Downport and Mr. Whitaker, they were teaching us to teach. It's See, right. I didn't realize back then. Okay. They were teaching me to teach. Yes, they were teaching me to be a good boxer, yeah, yeah, a good fighter, a disciplined fighter, what to do to become a champion. Yes, they were. But they were not just teaching me or teaching the other uh, guys to, to keep it yeah, yeah. With, within a self. You understand what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: <clears throat> so they were teaching, which I didn't realize it then that they were teaching me to teach but once again you got to go through the certain the certain things uh you got to go through the 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 the, the journey together the, uh, when I say together you got to go up the mountain okay. you got to come down the the, the slope you got to go into the little valley you got to go th- you know what I mean so so um how I got into coaching was once again, I was trying to fight, in, in 1988, and at the time, this is how I made Len- Lennox Lewis. Uh, I made I met Lennox in '89. Uh, I was trying to fight again in '88. John Dumport was was uh, hired to be Lennox Lewis's trainer. Wow. Lennox won the Olympics in 1988. Obviously, that's right. Yeah. Uh. I met, um, we was in, um, the Catskills camp, San, San Hartman's camp in 89, and I was looking to fight under Frank Maloney, Kelly Maloney now, yeah, yeah. uh, Frank Maloney at the time under his stable, you know, cause he had obviously, uh, acquired Lynn but plus, plus he had other fighters in his stable. Yeah, he did, Yeah. So I was looking to come to England, to UK to get licensed. Right. To buy. Okay but I don't know what they were. I was thinking they already knew about me because I was already on the world stage. Yeah, yeah. But once again, but once again, uh, but once again, that just goes to show how things work. Yeah. yeah. That window was closed, but the, a door was open. The opportunity, they op- they gave me the opportunity to open the door. That's when the job was offered to work with Lennox Lewis. Wow. Can you believe that? To be a, to be a assistant no. trainer, um, uh, with uh, Lennox Lewis, and but you know the crazy part is, I actually turned the job down. You know, really?
0: Yes, I did. Is this I so down,
1: I... Was this because you were so
0: fresh? Was this because you were still focused on yourself and wanted to be professional still? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I still wanted to fight myself. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's why I actually turned the job down. I said no. I don't want to. You know, and it was a big. It was a big jump to relocate. I would have had to relocate everything over there. Yeah, Even though yeah. I would have did it if I would have had a boxer. But um, but once again, once that was shut down, I, you know, was offered Lennox Lewis job again. And then because uh, it was actually for uh, one of my other mentors, uh, Albert Mills, Albert Still Mills. He was John Davenport, asked him to do it. Right. And at the time he had gotten married and he had, you know, kids and everything. So it was a big, to relocate, it was a big thing. So I had just retired, was watching retirement. I wasn't doing much. And, um, you know, once again, they asked me again and I finally said <laughs> uh, relinquishing. One of the best moves I could have made in my life.
0: Back, I mean, yeah. Um, it, it's a fair play to you for for kind of, rejecting that at first because you're so concentrated on yourself there would have been so many people right. who would have got caught up in the moment and said well actually I get a chance to work with an Olympic champion and actually right. and this, this, what can this do for me but you, you were so concentrated on yourself I think that's fantastic Right. But, but, but the, I mean the fact that that, that opportunities came around again that, that says a lot about you as a person and as a coach what people thought of you how, I right. mean, you that must f- feel pretty good to be thinking, okay, they, they want me in here now. You know, they haven't went away. They keep right. asking. They keep asking. I can obviously add something right. to this camp. Right.
1: right. Well, that'd that, that be the blessing. That was the blessing. And that is the blessing as well as the calling right there because, you know, for them to know, once again, with John Downport, he was the blessing right there because he knew he made me who I, yeah. who I, who I was, who, who I, you know, turned out to be. You know, uh, I think, humbly say this, has a pretty good boxer. And I think it has a pretty good uh, person also, too, you know. Uh, yeah, so yeah. he made me, he knew what I was capable of. He knew what I can contribute. He knew what I brought to the table. So for him to consider me uh, to come in has his assistant, it, 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 it spoke volumes, and, and it made me honored and grateful that he asked me yeah. and to give me that 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 another chance, a second opportunity to get into it. And, um, you know, at, at the time, obviously, we didn't know that Linux would, would become one of the greatest heavyweight champions of the world. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, once again, you never know what God has in store for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, That's when you're... You know, when you're eight, coaching Lennox Lewis, could you tell? Early, I mean, I know he had just won the Olympics in '88, but could could you tell that he was gonna be a phenomenal heavyweight boxer?
1: Could I tell a what?
0: Could you tell early on that, that even though he'd won the Olympics, could you tell that he was gonna be a phenomenal heavyweight boxer?
1: Uh, well, not not really, because we knew he was going to be good. Yeah, because yeah. number one, if you recall he lost in the uh, semifinals to uh, Tyrell Biggs in the 84 Olympics, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, with him, you know, winning the gold in 88, and, and the knock on Lennox, obviously what people really don't know was when he first turned pro that he needed someone, a stern master that was on Linux. You needed him. So that's why John Downport was hired. Okay. To be able his first professional trainer, not only to teach him some things, but to be able to keep him on the track. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Uh, um, uh, a disciplined, regimated uh, training session. And because that's what John Downport was known for, mentally as well as physically.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's why John Downport was uh, uh, brought in for. Um, so. Uh, but you know his uh, yeah, understatement as has a teacher, also too. You know, um, so that's why. Um, so yeah, we knew Lennox had the poten- potential to become world champion. We just didn't know. Obviously, we would. He would become one of the, one of the greatest champions.
0: Yeah, certainly. So I mean, he, he kind of wronged, wronged, he righted all his wrongs, didn't he, when it came to to, to getting defeated and then. Right. Going on to take them on again and, and win it back, yeah. and become a unified world champion. And he, yeah. yeah, I remember I was kind of quite young when Lennox Lewis was at the top of it, so I can remember. I remember watching him fight. Right. I remember him watching right. watching him fight right. the Tyson's and the Holyfields.
1: Well, right. Well, once again, in a person's career or in a person's journey, you take you go to ups and downs.
0: Yeah, yeah. In order to be
1: for him to be three three time heavyweight champion, he had to take two losses. All time. Yeah, yeah you know, for him to be unified champion, undisputed, the linear champion, yeah, yeah.
0: you have to go through your
1: journey. You have to take some, some knocks and, you know, and, and obviously knockouts, you know, yeah, yeah. against him, you know, you have to go through a lot of training. You have to go through a lot of missing birthdays, missing holidays, yeah. missing, you know, just special events. But once again, um, you know the, the 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 rewards are are great when yeah, you yeah. become you know his legacy man come on you oh know, yeah he,
0: definitely you know, his
1: legacy is uh you know he has a legacy that's off the charts and he and, you know uh uh to be become you know to accomplish all them things that he accomplished uh and to be able to do what you love to do now, he's commentating mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. So he's still in the game. Uh, he's an ambassador to the sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, just off what you love to do, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, hey, it, it, you know, the, the great heroes are, are, you know, your your parents or your mothers or your yeah. dads or your big brothers, the ones that introduce you to the sport. Yeah, They They the ones that introduce you to the sport. You How does it?
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. How does it make you feel knowing that you played a part in Lennox's journey to world domination?
1: Well, I feel, man. Let me tell you something. No matter what people say, I'm in the history books. Also,
0: one hundred percent. You know,
1: I mean? you know um, yeah, Linux. He he did all the work. through the punches. Took the, all the punches. But it takes a great team yeah but to be around you you gotta take great people to be on your team people around you people you believe in people you trust in people people that believe in you that yeah. trust in you people that you know go that extra mile for you you see what i'm saying that's in your dressing room when when you lose when nobody's there yeah, yeah, you know what i mean a lot of people look at the good things in boxing all the glitter and the gold but they don't look all the the, the, the low points, the dark yeah. periods in, in, in the career, you see what I'm saying? You know, because, you know, it takes a winner, it takes a loser, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, of course. But,
1: you know, uh, um, you just got to have good people around you, man, and uh, you know, and you got to have that desire, you got to have that fire, you got to have that drive, man, yeah. you got to have that that, that that willpower to be better than everybody else. Yeah. You know, you got to be able to wake up you know, five o'clock in the morning or even four o'clock. You know, hey, my guy, the other guy's waking up at five. Okay, I'm gonna wake up at four. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, small little advantages, you know. Oh, he ran two extra miles. Okay, I'm gonna run it two extra miles. Yeah, two yeah. and a half extra miles. You know, small little things like that, you know what I mean? It and and you know, being in the right place at the right time. is but once again it comes down to having the right people right with you, the good people that are putting you in the right position and you got to be able to capitalize off the opportunity, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, you know, you got to be able to, once again, I, you know, as you can see, Andy, I turned down the job with Lennox Lewis at first.
0: Well, I, I, yeah, I no,
1: at first. it's you know, I don't know where I would be right now. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, I probably, so, uh,
0: yeah, um, I, that, that's kind of my next question. Where do you go from Lennox Lewis? You say because that again. Wh- wh- where do you go after you've trained Lennox Lewis? What was the next kind of t- the progression, the well, career path?
1: I, I, I think God has blessed me with a lot of good things. That this passion, the, the passion that I have, uh, the passion I have for boxing. I, you know, I, I remember I've had my career before Lennox Lewis. You yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've always been been in the circle. Yeah, I've yeah. always been in the circle. Obviously, going with Lennox, he take me to the world level. Yeah. And so, uh, the, when the people know you on the world level, local level, national level, and they respect what you bring to the table, and they respect you, uh, m- most naturally, uh, majority most of the time, you will always have some work there. You know what I mean? Oh you will have yeah, definitely. H-
0: who was because it after Lennox Lewis? Then? Respect, pardon? who was it after Lennox Lewis and that you were asked the coach and that, and, well, and I, I suppose the person you you wanted to coach as well, because as you said, initially you rejected Lennox Lewis, but it has to be a right. two way fit, you know, yes, they might want you, but you might not feel like they're the right person yeah. for you to coach. So who who was the next big, big star, I suppose, and yeah. the next person that you, you really believed in that you got to work with? Yeah.
1: Well, over the years, over the years, when you work with, you know, a top guy like a Lenny, so you're on that yeah. type world club type level. You you interact with so many other people, not only in the boxing game, in the business, but the boxing game, but also boxers. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to name a few. You know, I had Robert Allen, who fought here yeah, fought Bernard Hopkins a few oh. times. You know, Malik Scott, who's you know uh, one of Deontay Wilder's uh, good friends. Uh, yeah. You know, Monty Barrett who's fought for a couple of world titles. Uh, you know, uh um um James Armour, who was from Ghana. We call him Bucan Fire. Uh just recently, recently I had I uh, worked with uh Avni Yildirim, who just lost to Canelo. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I had him when he fought Anthony Durrell for the vacant uh super middleweight BC title back in uh 2019. Uh You Can you know, the featherweight champion now. I believe he's a WBA champion. Uh, X-U-C-A-N, you can, out of China. I trained him for a few fights. Yeah. I, I've even trained um, Jean-Galais, you know, the Chinese wow. heavyweight Yeah. Who, yeah. Just, uh, uh, who just recently fought uh, on that, uh, on that um, Canelo card. That's right. So you, you work with a lot of so many other different fighters that you come across. But, um, you know, I like to bring. I like to work with these fighters that that's serious of what they're doing, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, you 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 can't play with this game. You might play football, you might play baseball, you but you can't play boxing. So, no. I don't really work with a lot of the fighters. Good question that you asked, but I, I like to work with the ones that's serious. Yeah, the yeah. Ones that's uh, you know, you don't have to uh knock on the door to knock on their door wake them up with training or stuff yeah, yeah. like that, you know? So, um, you know, I, you know, I, you gotta be serious when you come to work with me. because i am i I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hands-on type of trainer. I'm a, uh, that. uh, I'm a teacher. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm one certainly. of these guys that I'm not going to tell you to run five miles. If I can't run the five miles, I can still run five miles. I can't Amazing. tell you, I'm not going to tell you to do certain things in the ring. If I can't do it, I might not do it as quick. I yeah. might not do it as long, but I can do these things also, too. You know, and so that's the good thing about uh, being a former fighter. Uh, the the good thing is uh, to be in a to, um, coming along this journey that I've been through, the journey that yeah, these guys have been through, too. I know yeah. that, how they think. I know how that last half hour or that last. Couple minutes it is in the ring, in the in the dressing room before yeah, yeah. in a fight where you gloved up, you fighting somebody's better than you. You know you're fighting a world championship fight, so I know yeah, how yeah. it is that walk to the ring, to walk up them steps, and uh, so, you know, I I believe these the 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 Lou do was the late great Lou Doo was the Eddie Futch's, the Georgie Benton's, uh, the Emmanuel Stewart. These guys respected me what yeah. I brought to the table, that the knowledge that I brought to the table,
0: yeah.
1: uh, not only has a, as a fighter, I'm a fighter, but you cause you're always going to think as a fighter, yeah. but has a, uh, a as a teacher and a trainer. So them are some of the, the greatest uh, uh, accolades I can get that I've yeah. heard from the, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, you know, the Eddie Fletcher that, you know, that these, that you're, you're pretty good at what you're doing. So,
0: I mean, yeah, you, you just named like some of the world's best coaches, right. you know, ever. And to be mentioned in the same breath of them is, is a phenomenal achievement. Right. Even the people you've worked with. Yeah, it's yeah, it's testament to, to obviously you as a person how good you are as a coach, and and I love the fact that you're asking fighters to do something that you've either done or you can't do. You know, right. you wouldn't ask them to do something that you can't do yourself. I think that's a phenomenal attitude to have as yeah. a, and 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 it's one I know certainly if I was competing or if I was coaching that would that would be what I would want as well, definitely. How did the right. Dillian? How did the the Dillian White situation come along then? Because obviously you were, you were with him when he's just fought in the rematch against Pavec in a couple of weeks ago,
1: right? right. And you were brought well, in for that. You know, in, in 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 any business, is not what you know is who you know.
0: Yeah, of course. In any
1: business, and um, and this came about some people that I know that know some of his people, and that's how that connection that it, it came about. You know he. Some of his people um you know obviously made a call directly to me. Right. They made a okay. call directly to me and uh, to see if, if I would be interested in uh working with him. And once again, once again, the knees come along. When I'm a student in the game. I watch all boxing. Yeah, yeah. I love heavyweights. I watch heavyweights, I love heavyweights. Yeah. A lot in heavyweights, you know what I mean? So um, you know, I've always watched Dillian. And I and it was all so Ronnie, me and my girl was watching that last fight when he was yeah, winning yeah. the first fight against <laughs> second.
0: Yeah, And yeah, when yeah. he got
1: stopped, so um, you know when uh, when we was watching it, I always what I do as a trainer, what I do as a teacher, I watch what um not only what the boxer the what both boxers are doing, what they need to do, what the boxer's losing, what he yeah. needs to do. Yeah, I yeah. put myself in that guy's corner. What he's doing, what he's losing, what he should be doing, to be able to uh, win the fight, or be, for him to be able to get back on top. Yeah, yeah. And then I watch, and then I get in the, the winner's corner, and I try to tell. I try. I go through my mind what he needs to be doing for him to continue to win the fight. So I, um, you know, I watch Dillian and by watching his fight all I I just you know I just watched to say hey he just needs to he he can fight number 1 he can yeah, punch yeah. we we all know he can fight we yeah, all know he can punch but there's some things that he needs to do i would have been working on to get him back to what he needs to do yeah. which is uh, you know his basics and the fundamentals yeah. you know so um when i got that call I picked it up. Obviously, I answered. I'm glad I answered it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we just had to work on a few things, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I one of the best moves I could have made. I believe another good move I could have made yeah. by getting with this guy because Dillian has a ceiling he still has to reach.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's. I I do feel sorry for him. The fact that he waited so long to get even a, a yeah. sniff at a world title fight, then it looked like it might be taken away from him because of the loss to Pavekin right. And hopefully, it's now back on track. No,
1: no, I understand because him being, like I said, I followed him. Him being yeah, a BC yeah. guy for two, uh, number one guy for two years, and then him being uh, uh, stepped over so many times, yeah, not yeah. getting his shot. No, I totally understand. Totally understand. So,
0: and so and that's even why, now, yeah. Even now, it's yes. still talking Dillian White versus Deontay Wilder, isn't it? And think, yeah. it's still not a world title fight, but it's probably the next best thing.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, I, you know, hey, in, in a way, you know, things happen for the reason. They happen yeah. for a reason, and it might be better now. There's so many different scenarios right now. Yeah, yeah, him being the number one, back the number one BC guy. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it might be the scenario for him fighting the Deontay Wilder. And by the way, Dillian knocks Deontay Wilder out. I say that right now. He knocks Dillian, he knocks Wilder out. I love he that. He does. Um, but once again, you back there, number one, you didn't, number one, you didn't have to fight for Beck in the first fight. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have to fight him.
0: No, I love that about Dillian White. He it does not care who he fights. He will fight anybody.
1: Yeah. Well, see, that's the, see, that's the thing. That's why one of the reasons that I, I chose to work with Dillian because him being a throwback fighter. He's one of these throwback f- fighters. He fights everybody. Yeah, yeah. He fights everybody. He doesn't turn anyone down. And that's what you got to do. Yeah, that's yeah. how you get better. That's how you get better. Um now that he's back in number one, obviously we're gonna use a little bit more political, we're not political, we're gonna be smarter, a little yeah, bit yeah. smarter. Uh, uh that we had to go the whole route back the hard route back to get the back being number one. Yeah, I course. mean, Julian fought everybody. He fought yeah, everybody yeah. to get that number one shot before the perfection law. You know, he fought, you know, obviously he fought, uh, Joshua, he fought Revis, he fought, yeah, yeah. he fought, um, you know, he fought Parker, you know, he fought all these guys being only with eight amateur fights. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he had to learn on the job what he's yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, being, you know, and then obviously taking up a wrecking fight, didn't have to fight for Beckian, obviously losing the fight. And then, <laughs> and then right away, uh, obviously exercising, you know, the um, the rematch clause and saying, hey, no, this is what I want. I want this guy right here and to redeem itself and to redeem himself in a way, in a manner, the way he redeemed it. Um, is it, it just goes show the testament what Dillian's about. Yeah, yeah. He's a throwback fighter, he'll fight anybody. And uh he, you know, he earned it the old fashioned way. He did it the right way. And um he definitely is going to be a little bit smarter this way. You see what he did obviously the second fight.
0: Yeah, yeah. He okay. didn't fight
1: the same way. You know, did. he, he came out a whole different way, smarter way, yeah. A smarter way. Uh, uh uh um he uses IQ. Yeah. He uses IQ. That's a good thing with Dylan. He he has a ceiling. He's still got more to learn. Yeah, That's yeah. why I love heavyweight. wait they mature a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, they, I just get I get the feeling in, that you really him. enjoy working with Dylan White, Harold.
1: Oh yeah. man, you know you got to know this guy. He's he's a he's a, he's a serious guy when he's training. He trains twice a day.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. He but he's a jokester. He's a funny guy. But. Uh, there's so many good pluses that I can say. He's a grinder. He's intense. What he's doing, we don't we don't have to knock on his door to yeah, work, yeah. You know, for training. Matter of fact, we actually have to lock the gym for him for him <laughs>
0: not to train. He trains
1: so much. He really does.
0: Really, he that's does amazing to hear. Yeah. So, know, you going what? to continue exactly. to work with? Are you going to continue I, to work with Dillian White moving forward?
1: Yes, definitely, definitely. I spoke with them guys. What's today? Today, Saturday. I spoke with them guys on Thursday. I think I'll be speaking to them a little later. He's already ready back to training. The fight's only been damn two weeks, and wow. he's ready to go again. I love that. So, so uh, yeah, we'll yeah. Uh, hopefully, looking forward. To, I, I believe I'll be. I think I think my foot's in the door now. I believe it's in the door.
0: Yeah, that's and, and do you, were you saying that you think he's one of the best trainers you've worked with? For someone who's got that get up and go and felt willing to train. Oh.
1: He's he's definitely one of the, one of the best that I work with. You know, yeah, yeah. He, him and Lennox has so many similarities. See, okay. Lennox, these guys are perfectionists. Dylan is a perfectionist too. He likes to get this stuff right. Yeah, yeah. You know, they do it over and over again. That's why these guys are. That's why these guys. They they these guys are blue collar workers. These guys always in the gym. That's great fighters. They do stuff that don't. They do fights. They do things that's not ordinary. Yeah, yeah. In order to be good, you can't do stuff regular. In order to be great, you got to do stuff that's better than
0: just regular being good. Yeah, of course. So
1: these guys, uh, the Dillian Weiss, the Leonard Stewart, these guys are always training. They, these guys are always, whether it's strength training, whether it's boxing training, whether it's fitness training, whether well, it's uh, 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 boxing training with the mind, uh, training, studying. That's part of training,
0: believe yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Talking, boxing. Um, you know, so uh, I, I'm i in the right place at the right time to be working with a Dylan White. This guy's going to be the world champion. He is. You
0: heard it, yeah, first. Yep. Yeah. From his trainer, yeah. we heard it. Yeah. So, what are your aspirations moving forward? You've done so much in the sport. You still continue to give back so much. Yeah. What are your aspirations moving forward?
1: Well, this one I'm going to keep doing. I want to keep continue to be able to teach boxing to be yeah, to yeah. be able to. Not only at this world class level at the world, because it's nothing like being at world class level. Yeah, yeah. Being at them, uh, um, the world class level professional matches, whether it's match room, whether it's top ring, You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's amazing. You know what I mean? To yeah. to come from world class level like myself. I mean, uh, being all going way up from the amateur up to the world class level yeah. championships. It seems like I'm always I'm always involved in the world championship boxing which that's that's a blessing it really is so yeah, yeah. you know my aspirations is to continue to the first aspiration the first thing is to, to, to get dealing that world title yeah, yeah. To, uh, for him to become world champion but to also to also produce other world champions yeah, yeah you know what you when i i love what i do i want to continue to uh you know not only to motivate and yeah, inspire, but uh, to aspire other world champions. I love world yeah. champions, but they're also other small uh, boxers, you know, everybody yeah. starts small, humble yeah. beginning with nothing, you know, start with nothing. So I, I I'm always there to work with the ones that starts with nothing, with no hand wraps, with no boxing shoes, the, with no hand wrap, I mean, with no heavy back. Yeah, just yeah. with the dream. You yeah. start with the dream, just the shadow box. So uh amazing, I, I am yeah. still at that level there too. Good. Because That dream it starts goes all the way up. Well, to I, f- the world, I think the fact yeah. that you've
0: lived that dream is you know it, it probably puts you with a better understanding of it. It's yeah, it's really nice to hear. And who does who does Dillian White beat for the world title?
1: Well, you know, once again, this is where it gets tricky, tricky at, right? Where it gets tricky at, Daniel. Yeah, never yeah. Know what's gonna, it gets real tricky. As you know, um, you got uh, Joshua and in, in Fury scheduled for the yeah. two fight deal um, until they get in the ring, then you know what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's these two guys are scheduled. Um, um, who are you picking after them two guys fight? You never know, you never know what's going to happen. Whether yeah. these guys still want to defend,
0: yeah, of course. Uh, who do you think wins that? Who do you think wins that fight? Then Fury or Joshua?
1: Well, at the moment, right now, I got Fury winning it, but once again, that's just this is just all preliminary. Of once course. you get to start to seeing what they're doing in training camp and how they looking?
0: Yeah, You know, yeah. we
1: don't know what, they, what they're not going to show us what they're doing in camp, but no. being in no. the game, we get to know what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, so uh So,
1: right at the moment, I got Fury, but from what I've been picking up, uh, Joshua's doing a lot more. He's picking up his game a little bit more. Okay. Should okay. I say. He's oh, picking well. up his game. Not saying Fury's not picking his game up. You got to. Yeah, Pick yeah. your game up when you're at this world class level. Yeah. Um, who wins that fight? I got Fury at the moment. Uh, who do? Who does Jillian fight? He he beats both of these guys. He can beat a Joshua. He can beat a Fury. It's going to be tough. It's going to yeah, be yeah. tough. But you never know. After both of these guys fight, after they win, whoever wins the first fight, yeah, and then course. they fight the second time. You never know. They might walk away. Yeah, so yeah. We're, in the, we're in the most opportune position right now, being number one. Perfect. We're going to obviously maintain it. We're going to keep that. We still want to fight whoever we need to fight and maintain it. But once again, you never know; these guys might retire. You never know yeah. what
0: Fury's going to do I've, out there. Yeah, right, yeah.
1: If if he wins, he can yeah, win of both He could retire. He can yeah, well, yeah. win one. He could retire. You never know. This is uh, it. Both of them could retire. That pushes. To fight for whoever the vacant title. Yeah, yeah. You never know.
0: So. so Harold, what would be your one piece of advice you would give to somebody who is maybe is aspiring to be a world champion in boxing?
1: Well, uh the one thing I would give to the one the person that inspired to be a world champion, uh to try to be able to make sure that this is what you really want to do because it's tough to become world champion um, out of the, you know, these are some cold, hard facts. It's only 2% that becomes world champion. That really makes money, 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 only yeah, 2%. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? So uh, try to get with some uh, a dedicated people, dedicated people around you. Work on your game, work on your trade, Always train. Get with somebody that's going to teach you, that's going to tell you, but teach you, yeah, teach yeah. and train you. You know what I mean? Uh, get with somebody that's going to do that, and to be able, uh, you know, get with some good people, a good te- some good people that's uh, that's good for you, good to you, good for you. And the most, the most main, the main thing, if you're able to make some money, save your money okay save your money save your money save your money because a lot of money they're making a lot of money out there to get to that level yeah yeah. save it uh, because it can be spent quickly
0: yeah and it's a short career yeah yeah Harold thank you so much for your time and coming on Hobby of a Lifestyle it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today
1: definitely definitely it's always a pleasure And, and anytime you need me Andy Anytime you need me, I'm here
0: for you. Just reach out to me. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next time.